Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Sure, you remember the words, the very beginning of the Bible, the words from Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God, God created the heaven and the earth. Now the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. But the Spirit moved over the waters. And God said, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And this is the very word of our God as it is found for us in Genesis chapter 1. Well, today we focus on two important events, Pentecost and also graduation. Again, Pentecost, the birthday of the Christian church. Graduation speaks for itself. But what do these uh, two events have in common? I think in one sense, both of them are miracles. It's a miracle that God created the world with the power of his spoken word. Incredible miracle. It's also a miracle that some of us graduated. I'm speaking about myself and um, my poor attempt at humor here, but Pentecost was of sorts a commencement ceremony. A commencement for the disciples of Jesus. Commencement is a Greek word that literally comes uh, from the word beginning or beginnings. The disciples, remember, had been schooled by Jesus for three years, spent 24-7 with him. But now on this Pentecost day, the disciples would receive the Holy Spirit. It would be poured out upon them in full measure, empowering them to carry out the mission that Jesus had set forth for them on the day of ascension. When he said to them, go and make disciples of all nations. In a similar way, our graduates are going to be setting out for new horizons, moving on to the next phase of their life, either to get more education or to get a job or start a vocation. You know, graduation for many people is a time of nostalgia. You think about uh, all of the good times that you had in school. You think about the friends that you made. And uh, some of those friends after graduation, if in my case, I haven't seen some of them since the night of graduation. It's a nostalgic time. But it's also a time of celebration. Because we look forward to the positive changes that will take place in our graduates' life. You know, the Bible never talks about graduation. It does talk a lot, though, about freedom. And when you graduate from something, you have newfound freedoms. But the problem with freedom is this. God wants us to understand that with every freedom comes limitations, parameters, and even borders. Paul wrote in Galatians chapter uh, 5, verse 3, he said this, You were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature, but rather use your freedom to serve God and to love your neighbor. Graduation from high school, graduation from college, liberates you from report cards. 
and from uh, maybe what you're going to wear or not wear, uh, and yet there's other uh, limitations and there's other report cards uh, throughout your life. But again, freedom brings with it responsibilities. People want more and more freedom. But sadly, in our culture, seemingly many do not want the responsibilities that freedom brings. So here, take a look at the disciples. The disciples were confronted with the same challenges after Jesus' ascension into heaven. Jesus had given them their marching orders. Go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus was no longer with them physically 24-7. The question is, would they be faithful? Would they go about the task that Jesus had given them? When the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost, some incredible things happened. First of all, the Holy Spirit came in a unique manner. He came in the sound of a rushing, mighty wind. In fact, the word spirit comes from the word wind or the Greek word panoima, which means air or spirit. Spirit-driven is where you get the word pneumatics from. The Holy Spirit also came in those tongues of fire that literally came to rest on their head, that empowered them to speak the message of salvation. Uh, to people in other languages, languages that they had not known. Again, talk about an incredible miracle. But secondly, they continued, the Holy Spirit continued to come to them through His powerful Word. That same Word that God used when He created this world. And picture the disciples at the commencement on Pentecost. You know, before they leave the, uh, the auditorium, so to speak, they already commence to getting to work. What do they do? They're on Pentecost, empowered by the Holy Spirit, they immediately begin to speak the Word of God to a multitude of people. And what do they speak? They reveal to these people their sin and their need. They reveal the law, but they also follow it up with the gospel. And they remind them of what Jesus has done through his life, death, and resurrection to win for them forgiveness and eternal life. This very Jesus whom they crucified. Again, on Pentecost, we celebrate the special outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and we need to be reminded of how God deals with us. You know, think about it. From the dawn of creation to the day that you were born, to the day you graduate, throughout your life, God the Holy Spirit is your ultimate guidance counselor. I was thinking about that comforter up there this morning, and, uh, you know, comforter, and uh, some people would call that a, uh, a security blanket. The Holy Spirit is your security he is your guidance counselor. You know, when you learn something in school, something is made known to you. The light goes on, so to speak. That's the Holy Spirit's job. He makes known to us who Jesus is. He is the one that brings us to faith. He is the one who speaks to us the ultimate truth and wisdom 
that is found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Picture the world, again, before creation. It says the world was without form. It was void. Darkness was over it. Now, if you saw a piece of real estate for sale in the paper uh, that was described as without form and void and in continual darkness, you would think that it's a worthless piece of property. You know, I can't imagine, Vance, you selling a piece of property like that. It would be on the market for a long time. You probably couldn't even give it away. You know, think about God, how God can envision what can happen when the Spirit penetrates the darkness of the world. Think about what happens when the Spirit of God penetrates a heart that is darkened with sin. I was thinking about our graduates. Think about what God has in store for you. You know, don't underestimate what God can do. God knows, from Jeremiah, we read, God knows the plans that he has for you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, graduation, as I said before, is a time uh, of celebration. But for some of us, it can also be a scary time. Because some of us may be... You're like me, on my graduation, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I knew what I wanted to do, but I couldn't do it. And so graduation was a fearful, chaotic time in my life. I know in retrospect, I should have prayed to the ultimate guidance counselor more than I did. But even though I didn't do that as much as I should, I know that the God, the Holy Spirit, was still at work in my life through His Word, through my parents, through my grandparents. I've told you before that my grandmother used to continually remind me that she was praying for me, that she was praying that one of her grandchildren would go into some kind of ministry. I thought grandmother was goofy. She had to be referring to somebody else besides myself. I also remember, though, that uh, God the Holy Spirit worked miraculously in my life. You know, my dad, he likes to talk to everybody. And he became friends with many of the uh, professors at Concordia. And so some of them would come out to our house and to our farm on a regular basis. My dad would take them hunting, pheasants and rabbits. And then sometimes uh, they would even come out and my dad would cut wood for them for their fireplace. I remember on one particular occasion, uh, the vice president of the college came out, and my mother would always have a big meal for us at dinner time. And I remember this pastor, Eugene Krentz, he said to me in the dining room, he said, well, what are you going to do when you graduate? And I said, I'm not really sure. I don't know. He said to me, have you ever considered going to Concordia? Have you ever considered to going into some kind of ministry? You see, God the Holy Spirit was at work there in my life planting the seed. Little did I realize it at the time. Again, a lot of fear and a lot of chaos in my mind. What to do? 
Chaos and fear might well describe that band of little Christians as Pentecost approached. You know, without form and without void, or without form and void were their plans on how are we going to carry out the Great Commission? How does God expect us to evangelize the world? What a daunting task. I mean, they gotta be thinking to themselves, where do we start? It's a hopeless prospect. What can one or two or even a few people do? With mankind, it is totally impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. Again, we see God, the Holy Spirit, at work on this day. Spirit of God hovered over this infant church, just waiting to give them power and direction. Chaos and darkness is also a picture of our sinful world this morning. Again, as we hear about more deaths in England this morning, chaos and darkness reigns over this world. This world in sin is a picture of what I used to see every Saturday afternoon on the farm when Grandma would come out with her axe and cut off the head of the chicken for Sunday dinner. And then she would let this chicken go and run around the yard and it would chase me as a young boy around the yard. I still have nightmares. Chicken with its head cut off. That's a picture of this world today with no purpose, no direction, running here, there, and everywhere. A picture of a world without Jesus. You know, the darkness of sinful man has so deep sometimes that even God's efforts to reach down to meet us is met with hostility and rebuff. A hopeless prospect to mankind, absolutely, but not to God. Because God can see the potential for a, of a child for all eternity. Isn't that what he saw so many times in people like Zacchaeus, in people like Saul, like the woman at the well. You know, all people saw in these people was negativity and danger. But God the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, was hovering over these people. And in every case, God's Word was at work. You know, I think graduation is a time that's particularly dangerous. Because there is a temptation at graduation time seemingly for people to move away from their roots and to move away from their foundation. You know, pray for our graduates that that doesn't happen in their life. Never forget, you are a believer in Jesus Christ, and as a believer, you are also a disciple. You have been given incredible gifts. I went to a graduation party yesterday. Uh, the graduate received, I'm sure, incredible gifts, but you know what? Those gifts are absolutely nothing compared to what God has given you. And the gift of forgiveness and eternal life. And God has also given us spiritual gifts to be used to make a difference. Imagine if you uh, took those gifts and stuff them away in the closet and never use them. Imagine taking the gifts that you've learned in school, 
for the last four years or 12 years or 13 years or how many ever years and stuffing them away in the closet. What a waste of time and what a waste of resources. You know, in my lifetime, I've experienced a number of graduations from high school, junior college, college, and the seminary. And again, with those changes comes temptation. Temptation to think, I know it all. Temptation to say, you know, I don't really need this Jesus thing. I don't really need what he provides, but I need him at that moment more than ever. To our graduates and to all of us, fight the good fight of faith. Live in daily contact with the Word of God. And one last piece of advice before I bring this to a close. Somebody told me the other day, when you say I'm just about done here, you should be just about done. (laughs) Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And what do I mean by that? Do not hinder the Holy Spirit's work in your life. How do you hinder the Holy Spirit's work in your life? You hinder it when you stay away from the Word of God. You hinder the work of the Holy Spirit when you stay away from worship and the sacraments. You hinder the Holy Spirit when you stay away from fellow believers. You know, one of the most powerful things that someone ever said to me is this. Think about what it's going to be like when you get to heaven someday. And maybe one other person you see up there, God has used you in some little way to pass the word along. So that's my prayer for you, that God would use you in a most powerful way. Not just you as graduates, but all of us. We are this little band of Christians. At times we live in fear But we have the security and the foundation that we need. Keep your eyes fixed on him. In his name we ask it, and I am done. And together we say, Amen. Please pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your word. Your word is powerful. Your word is creative. Your word provides guidance and direction for our life. And we thank you, Lord, that you are our ultimate guidance counselor, not only for today and tomorrow, but for all eternity. We pray, Lord, be our refuge and our strength. We ask this in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, Amen.